0: This is a great story, I, I love sea stories, I, I like the ocean, I like the lake, I like rivers, I like the sprinklers in our backyard, I like, I like water. I was on a swim team at Geneseo State in college and I like being there and I like swimming. In fact, I like swimming so much it was hard for me to get to the end of the finish line I never did very well, but I enjoyed myself." This scripture has a lot of questions in it, particularly questions that, that deal with disciples' faith and who they thought Jesus was after they had been with him for so long that they had been traveling with him and they had seen him cure the, the ill and exorcise demons and in that world, we remember we're talking about ancient worlds, we're talking about a different time in history and different thought processes. And, ri- and raise the dead as well. So it wasn't like they didn't know Jesus. And yet, we have this puzzling scripture to where, as the scripture ends, they feared more than they did in the dealing with the storm. And I like to think this in that story. I like to think that, first of all, uh, a little background, these boats were about... 27 feet long, about 7 feet wide, and about 4 feet high. On the Lake of Galilee, the Galilean boats there that were used for fishing but also used for carrying people, and that boat could have supported 15 people. Well, there's 13 in the boat. But it's not very high, is it? If a storm comes up, there's not much room for air, and the boat was filling with water. So I'm thinking, what did they want Jesus to do if we know by the end of the, of the scripture that they didn't think he was going to calm the sea? What did they want from Jesus that they had to wake him who was so solidly asleep because of his exhaustion probably from dealing with people I think at this time, maybe feeding four or 5,000 people, but preaching all day, he's asleep in a boat. What could they have wanted from him? What would I want from him? Do you have an idea what you would want from him on a practical level? There's 12 of us awake, Some of us are manning the sails and working the sails. Some of us are rowing because there's about four oars in the boat. And some of us are bailing. And somebody is steering. What would you want Jesus to do? I think I know what I I want him to help bail. Let's keep the boat from sinking for Pete's sake. Because they weren't thinking in terms of him being God personified, God in the flesh. They were thinking of him as an itinerant minister. Even though they saw what, they could, what he could do, they didn't know that he could even calm the seas. And Jesus again, how many times have you heard Jesus say to his disciples, not again, where's your faith? Why do you fear? Boys, can't you get it? You're with the Son of God. It wouldn't have mattered if the boat would have capsized and they would have drowned. They were followers of Christ, which meant what? A little hiccup. They would have been transformed from earthly bodies to their resurrection bodies. They were already part of the kingdom, you see. But they still had a lot to learn. Like us, it's a process. Our faith is a process moving on to maturity, just like in the stewardship lesson, to give more and more and more of ourselves to God. I remember 40 years ago, in fact, 1981, Remember 1981? It was a day like all days except you are there. Anybody remember that show? <laughs> I should have used that in the first service because some more of them would have remembered. Walter Cronkite had this program and said you are there. So I'm going to take you back to 1981 and a day in North Buffalo, on Grand Island, north of Buffalo. We were seeing Linda's parents. Our son Todd was four, who's now 44. (laughs) We had an 18 and a half, we had a, a car that was almost as big as Jesus' boat. We had a 1977 Ford station wagon that was about 20 feet long. We had a playground in the back of his of that car for Todd to play in. And there were no restrictions as far as seatbelts go for kids. So here we are in Grand Island and we were leaving that day after spending a week with Linda's parents and a Thanksgiving that had 65 degree temperatures in Buffalo nearing December, unheard of, except it got cold. The temperature dropped on Monday morning, but the skies were clear and the sun was out. The air was crisp. We were leaving at 930 past rush hour. Took us about 15 minutes to get south, still in what's called North Buffalo, and that's important to the story, to get on the Thruway, I-90, it's called now. It's New York State Thruway. It paralleled the old Main Street, Route 5, east, because we were heading to Philadelphia. And we realized as we paid or as we took the ticket at the toll booth that the weather had changed and it had started snowing. And if it started snowing there, that means everything south, since we were in the sun, everything south must be just blizzard conditions because it was snowing hard where we were. And we were not in what was called the lake effect, or at least we didn't think the lake effects of, uh, of uh, Lake Erie's um, system to where uh, snow comes from South Buffalo onto Erie, Pennsylvania, in massive amounts when there's a storm. So here we were, no accumulating and we only went about seven miles and all of a sudden we couldn't see anything blizzard conditions a whiteout have you ever been in whiteouts they're not fun whiteouts we were following ruts we're trying to keep up with the car ahead of us and all of a sudden the car started car started drifting i did not could not see the road and I'm looking through a windshield that all of a sudden was accumulating snow because the wipers quit. And I the defroster is trying to keep the snow or keep the snow melted so I can look through the glass of, of the water sheeting. And all of a sudden I see the barrier to the left of the road on the throughway which meant I was about 10 foot off the road. And we hit the barrier, and the car was pushed back onto the highway. I don't know how. No damage, except a little little rubber off the the side of the bumper. And I told Linda, I said, look for that sign for the last exit where I had lived, the last exit before we had 15 miles to go to the next one uh, outside of uh, Buffalo suburbs. Because I know there was a Ford dealer there and we had a Ford and plus I would have gotten off anyway with conditions like that. We got off, went to the Ford dealer. They weren't too busy. So they got us in right away and As they were taking care of the car, the manager came out and kept us updated on what was going on. Well, they closed the thruway, so if we were still on the thruway, we would have been closed. They closed all the exits, they closed everything. No one could get on, no one could get off. Traffic came to a stop. So we're thinking, this is one mighty big storm. We get on the road again because the service manager call the Department of Transportation, and they said, there's a plow going east on Main Street, on Route 5. If anybody's going east, you can go on that road. It's just follow the plow. So we followed the plow for about 15 miles, and we saw as the road would meander closer to the thruway and away from it, all the traffic stopped. And after about 15 miles, the plow pulled off, the skies were sunny, it was like nothing ever happened. We learned later that that storm was a mile and a half wide and 40 miles long. The mile and a half wide was right where Main Street and the thruway were. That's all we had to do was hang a left someplace and we would have been out of the storm. A snow band which is very, very unusual, took place. A lot more unusual than what Jesus experienced and the disciples experienced in their boat to where storms were frequent in the Sea of Galilee. Storms were frequent in Buffalo, but not where there was just a strip of snow and everything else was sunshine. If God, if Jesus were in the backseat of the car, what would I have done? I would have said, Jesus, rescue us. But I would have said also, I think, more practically, Jesus, open your eyes if you're sleeping so you can help us find the way off this mess. We know that Jesus is with us, God in Christ is with us all the time but we forget don't we we forget we get desperate in times of ill health in times of experiencing loved ones who've passed away in times of experiencing some financial setbacks we forget that jesus is with us and the big picture is always that he will be with us The disciples were getting out to go on a mission trip in just a few pages in Luke. They were getting ready. And Jesus, I'm sure, is saying, should I send these guys? Because they don't get it all. But then he remembers, as we remember, because of his patience and love, that we don't have to get it all. we have to keep moving toward the goal. And the goal is to commit more and more of ourselves to Christ in all that we do. And all those people we meet to show our love, to spread the gospel through our actions, and to know that we know that we know that God is with us. Amen. Amen.